the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the third part in our spiritual checkup series of studies. This week, Dave asks, how's your sight? We also look into seers in the Bible. The main reading is Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. Um, So we're still looking and... uh challenging and asking about how we see and uh, we're looking at that asking ourselves what are we looking at how are we looking at it and uh, so important because um, we've got to again see clearly and also see uh, correctly uh, with faith in fellowship with the Lord so we as we looked on Sunday when we look by faith we're seeing the problems the promises the prophetic word people all these things through the eyes of faith. If we look through the eyes of our flesh and our feelings and what the enemy is feeding into us, well, we're going to be in trouble, aren't we? Um, we're going to doubt the promises of God. Uh, we're going to see our problems, uh, like, uh, what do we say, mountain on a molehill. We're going to see people, well, some people we can get on with, some, some people we can't. So we, again, our sight is so vital in our perception, our sight, perception. And again, I just want to drop this one in as we did last week. I think this is such a vital passage of scripture. It's from 2 Peter because we talked about being short-sighted. <coughs> and when we're short-sighted, that's all we can see is ourselves. Um, and uh, that's a problem because, you know, the world, that's all the world can see is themselves. That's all, you know, advancing themselves, looking after themselves. Well, you see, that is totally opposite to the gospel because the gospel says, deny yourself. That's why it's miraculous. That's why it's supernatural. Because by our nature, deny myself. Why should I? I want to be happy. And of course, we think by indulging ourselves, that'll make us happy. But it never does. And so all we could do is open our eyes and see all those people who who we think we, we, you know, have got all uh, the things of this world. And um, they're the most uh, unhappy people you'll ever find. Most unhappy people you'll ever find. So we are looking clean. Let's read that uh, bit we read last week. 2 Peter 1, 2 Peter 1, 3 to 11. It's a bit long, but it's good. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, Mm. having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, Mm. and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
That's that's worth meditating upon, isn't it? If we said nothing else, and those those verses would be my, God's given us all we need: His promises, we are His divine nature, the power of God. All we have to do is participate. We are, in a sense, it's already done. But there's a participation, isn't it? Because um, God has left us still with that will to allow Him to have His way in us, and that's participation as we grow. And thankfully, again, we can look at those characteristics and we say, Lord. Yeah, the last year I've grown in those. Lord, last year, nah, I've certainly not, those characteristics have not grown. Those fruit have not grown. And that's probably why, Lord, I've been unfruitful and not been effective as I should. And, and let's be honest, if we were all honest, we need to be, all need to be more fruitful. We all need to be more effective. Why? Because we still have uh, family unsaved, we want saved. We have workmates, neighbours, and uh, you know when we are really when the revivals come, when we really flourish, we'll see them coming in. There's fruitfulness, there's effectiveness, and always say, Lord. So there's always greater works to be done, and of course the key to it all is remembering who we are in Christ, remembering who He is, and what He's done. He's cleansed us from our past sins. If we keep that in our hearts, that's why. That's why. Uh, the, 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 our, our mind is the, it's the battlefield of the mind, isn't it? Because uh, that's why we meditate. That's why the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus. That's why it's a choice. Because you know what? It's amazing how we let our minds drift, isn't it? Yeah. We, we allow our minds to drift down alleys and, and roads. And we think, what am I thinking about now? Where am I going? And we end up uh, uh, allowing those thoughts to dominate where the Bible says, grab a hold of them, take them captive, and say, no, 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 no. I'm going <clears> to... <throat> Biblical meditation is not emptying your mind, of course. No such thing as emptying your mind, is it? Because you empty your mind, the devil will fill it pretty quickly with nonsense. The Bible's biblical meditation is actually to fill your mind with scripture, godly characteristics, great hymn, great chorus, meditate on that day by day and uh, go with it through the day. So again, that's where we are, our short-sightedness. Now, the first thing we have to do is, is to see where God starts. And when someone comes and sits in my room, how's your sight? And of course, there's, there's a few different categories of people. Uh, some people um, who, who know what it is to see clearly come in and say, well, I'm not seeing so clearly. They, they know they're not seeing as they should, and they own up to it. Some people come in, and uh, they don't know. I remember a young lad coming in. He was about 15. He, I said, how are you doing? He said, I, well, I'm, I'm all right. He said, until I, I put my mate's glasses on in the class... And I realised I couldn't see, he said. And uh, that's why I'm here. And he, he's right, he couldn't see. Until he had gone. So there's people who, who couldn't, don't, don't know. Some who do know. But there's also the people who uh, deny. Sometimes you wonder why they even come in. And, you, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. And you say, no, 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 it isn't fine. You need. And even when you tell them point blank, look, you shouldn't be driving. Well, I haven't seen you driving, as I said before. But you certainly shouldn't be seen, driving without these glasses. And they still... Because they deny. So, but the first thing I, I have to do is to quantify what they can see at one point in the distance. Before I can say, well, they, that, that, they say, well, I can't see to read. See, I can't go there until I find the distant point, the point further. Once I get that point, the eternity point, the, the, the point far away, then I can focus anything they want. So they want to read up here, they're an electrician, they want to do it up at arm's length, they want to use a VDU there. But the first point is to get that distance point right. And see, that's how Jesus, God works. You see, to get us starting to see, he gets our distance point right on him. Get our eyes on him. That's where he starts. 
Get the, before we can say, oh, I want to see this and I want to see that, we're going to talk about seers tonight. Uh, he's got, we've got to have our eyes fixed and get that, that, reef, that focus and that prescription, if you like, for the distant point. Once we get that, then we can begin to see in other areas. So that's what Jesus does, and we see it many times. We'll, we'll look at some of the prophets. He starts by getting them to see him. Before they begin to see anything else, before they begin to begin to prophesy and begin to speak the word of the Lord, they have to have an encounter by seeing him. Um, uh, let's go to the New Testament first, because I want to uh, show you how it doesn't change in the New Testament. But let's, let's, go, to, let's go to Peter. Remember who Peter? He denied the Lord, and uh, he's gone back to Galilee. And uh, <clears throat> he'd gone from the point of being um, sorry... And I think he, he drifted into self-pity. And that's, that's easy to do. Because remember, when we are sorry and we repent, then the Lord forgives. But we can easily drift into self-pity, can't we? Um, that's, that's what's what he was. He said, let's go, and, let's go and fish again, boy. Just go. He, he was going back to what he knew. And uh, that's not what the Lord had called him. The Lord had called him from that, didn't he? Um, let's read what Jesus did. How, how he, he, he rectified his, his thinking and his problem. John 21. When he had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. See, how did he get Peter back on the right road? He said, do you love me? He was getting his attention on the Lord, do you love me more than these? Of course, that could mean his friends, his family, his finances, that his business. That's what that's what. Do you love me more than he? See, his attention was get back on me. Do you love me, Peter? And see, in that, that process, he's seeing Jesus and he's seeing himself where he is and he's not where he should be. And uh, see, then he's saying, Now it's time to serve me. Seeing the Lord, seeing ourselves as we are and what we should be and then going to serve him going to serve him that's how the lord works an encounter with him getting our eyes firstly back on him that's how he turned peter around peter do you love me do you love me face right in his face peter do you love me do you love me and uh, we see it right uh, of course right through old testament let's go let's go uh, to isaiah wonderful encounter in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, sitting on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the Holy is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, 
and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. See, there's, there's the Lord's procedures, process, and in seeing him first. That's why he keeps telling us, keep my eyes on me, keep your eyes on me. When there's revelation, of course, there's reverence, repentance. But there's also the release. There's the call of God then, isn't it? We can't divert that. If we get our eyes off the Lord, our call will become more than a burden. It'll drive us into the ground. Um, and depending on what you have, you know, that's why some just give up. And I, I wouldn't point a finger at anyone, you know, I mean, in ministry, not in, in the walking with the Lord. Uh, because, you know, if it's easily done. Get your eyes off the Lord. And if, if, if it's on you, true, you're in trouble, isn't you? Because you look around, you think, dear me. But keeping our eyes on it, keep getting your eyes on it. It was the call of God, the commission of God, and the release of God. But ultimately, it started with a view, a sight. Of the living God. We come back to Jeremiah in a moment, and of course, we, we, Ezekiel, you'll find all the prophets started with an encounter seeing the Lord before they began to see. And we talked about seers, and I mentioned it's a bit on Sunday that a seer and, and the prophet really, I suppose, those terms are synonymous. Sometimes are different, differentiated, but that's more, more their roles than their, their, their function, really. Um, but uh, we, we come right back to the Old Testament, we see Samuel was called the seer. But remember Samuel, before he began to see things and prophesy things, he had that great encounter as a young boy, didn't he? Um, Lord, speak, Lord, your servant listening. Didn't know, of course, first two times. Eli, he said, what do you, what do you want me? What you woke me up for? No, no, he said, ah, and Eli knew then. He said, ah, right, next time you say, and let me just tell you, when we become uh, seers that the Lord asks us to become, uh, there's got to be a bit of boldness a bit of, but it comes with obedience. Because the first prophetic word Samuel had as a young boy, it wasn't, oh, bless you! The Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was Eli, the Lord's going to judge you because you've not looked, sorted your kids out. I tell you what, that's a, oh, Lord. Uh, give me a nice, nice word to start with, isn't it? Like, uh, uh, Haggai, the Lord said, I'm with you. I will, oh, that's, that's a nice one. I'll, I, thank you, Lord, I'll use that one. Amen. But not with Samuel. But uh, let's read uh, people who see. And of course, we, we, we looked at Elisha the other day, and Elisha was someone who saw and brought other people to see because he brought other people warning and asked them to watch. And we had to be watchmen, watch women on the, on the, on the, on the uh, walls of our city, looking for, being vocal, looking out. Uh, for the attack of the enemy, looking to see the attacks, looking to see what the Lord is doing as well. And the Lord wants us to be watching. And in the New Testament, he says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. So we, we're the people of God, watchmen and watchwomen, but also to begin to be seers. And say, oh dear, no, no, we all, I will show you in a minute, that, of course, in the Old Testament, there were certain specific, but in the New Testament, we just read, all of us are partakers of the divine nature. Different roles, but you know what? You meet people I'll never meet. And God wants you to see. 
Remember why I showed that lovely video on a, on a Sunday night about that um, man? He was getting, he was, he was going to work. Remember, and he was getting flustered here and flustered there, uh, flustered at kids and r- running out in front of him, and then someone cut in front of him in a coffee shop. And uh, I remember, he, someone he had those glasses he put on, and then he began to see people, and there was like little labels over people's lives. Remember. Um, uh, depressed or struggling with drugs or lonely mm-hmm. and, and, and th- you know God wants us to be like that because we are the people to bring the life of Christ the word of the Lord into situations yet we so often uh, allow the world to dictate how we think and how we feel and instead of saying no Lord by faith I'm going to see differently so we are seers uh, 1 Samuel 9 6 to 9 but the servant replied look in this town there is a man of God he is highly respected and everything he says comes true let's go there now perhaps he will tell us what way to take Saul said to his servant if we go what can we give the man the food in our sack is gone we have no gift to take to the man of God what do we have the servant answered him again look he said I have a quarter of a shekel of silver I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take formerly in Israel if someone went to inquire of God they would say come let us go to the seer because the prophet of today used to be called a seer someone who sees someone who sees look we need some advice we need some direction Let's go to the seer. And um, isn't it amazing that the world will go to people for direction advice, knowing full, full well, most of them are frauds, but still go looking for this and that. You know, we need to be a church so on fire for the Lord that they can come and hear the word of the Lord, because that's the only thing that's going to set them free, isn't it? Now it'll challenge them and cut. But you know what? It, that, it, it, do they want to hear something that will um, uh, maybe soothe them, but won't help them a bit, will it? Or Uncle George is telling you he's all right when he's, he's not all right because he's not talking, you know? Um, and so they're saying, this is the word of the Lord. You know, uh, and so we need, again, to be people that are right on the, on the cutting edge that are seeing. Um, David was the man of God, but you know what? He, he had men and women around him, certainly men of God. And one was called Gad, and he was called Gad the seer. And you'll, you'll notice that Gad only crops up a few times, but he's right at the beginning of, of the ministry, so he's, he's a young man, and he's right at the end uh, with David. Uh, we'll read those in a minute. And, and he's, he's living after David, so there's a faithfulness in his life. And there's an obedience, there's a seeing, there's a receptiveness in his life. And he's speaking, and uh, we'll see in a minute how how bold he's got to be. So Nathan was. Remember now, uh, we could say, oh, you know, he's got to go to the king and speak the word of the Lord. And that takes him doing. Uh, For a start, he he wasn't a king like today. He was a king that (laughs) life and death was in his hands, wasn't it? And uh, so to be bold, be bold, but he, he heard the word. So right at the beginning of his uh, ministry, David was running away from Saul. That's why we know God was there. 
And he was just about to go to a certain place. And God, 1, 1 Samuel 22, God says, no, don't go down there. Go this way. And the Bible says they go through the, the, um, the forest of Hereth, I think. So God was right at the beginning. And then we see right at the end uh, of his ministry, uh, of, of David's ministry, he counts, the pe- counts his, his people, counts the, counts the army. Even Joab, who was a bit of a snake, said, no, that's not the right thing to do, David. Don't do that. Uh, but he said, look, this to David, you just do it. Because his word, his will, over, overshot. And uh, that was pride. And of course, it was also the enemy stirring up as well. And, and the law was going to judge Israel. So things weren't as good as they should have been. And um, uh, the Bible says, as uh, soon as he came back, David was convicted. He said, I've done wrong, yeah? And the Bible says, oh, let's read it, uh, 2, 2 Samuel 24, 11 to 13. For when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, uh, David's seer, saying, Go and say to David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him, and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee three months before thine enemies, while they pursue thee? Or that there be the three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. God was... Obviously, there, there, there's, there's, there's continuation of intimacy with the Lord. Because the Bible says, God are the word of the Lord at the morning. Straight into David's presence with the word. This is what the Lord says. The seer said, this is what the Lord says. You've got these three choices. Three choices, yeah? The word of the Lord says. And uh, so he's bringing it there. But, I don't know, but that's a boldness there, isn't it? Boldness. You've done wrong, David. Um, no, no wishy-washy. This is the word of the, this is what the Lord's offering you. But then he's more than that. He's he's seeing. He's bringing the word of the Lord. But then he's bringing guidance after. We'll see because he is. If you read in in, in Chronicles, um, Bible says about Hezekiah. He, he sets up the temple like David set it up. Now David um, didn't have didn't have the temple as as it was. They had just a tent with a ark where there was constant praise and worship. And the Bible says he set it up like David, Nathan, and God the seer told them how to. See, he was speaking. He was a worshiper as well. He was one who had great intimacy. So he spoke. He saw and said, this is how we should be. But also, listen to what he said now about building an altar at a specific place. Um, same, same instance, we still... Uh, uh, where the judgment come, he, uh, David says, "Look, I'm not. I'm not having seven years of famine. Certainly not running from the enemy." He said, "Let me fall into your hands, Lord, because your your mercy is great. Give me three days of pestilence, and, and we'll go from there." And there's where we are. Three days where the angel of the Lord is going through the land, and uh, two Samuel twenty four eighteen to eighteen nineteen. Erect an altar to the Lord on the thrashing floor of Rona, yeah. the Jubasite, 
So David, according to the word of God, went up as the Lord commanded. He's given a build an altar there. Now we need to we need to repent. We need to bring repentance here, but not just anywhere. See where that repentance was. See David was looking for a place for the temple, Mount Moriah. That was all the area there. Of course, that's where Abraham took Isaac, and that's where that area, um, where again Jesus would come and be crucified, just about that area. So you see, God was seeing, seeing what had gone before. See that it's been being a seer has been observant as well remembering what God has done in the past, seeing what we should do now and seeing what God is going to do in the future. Look, this is no ordinary place. This is where the temple will be for over a thousand years. Plus, as Abraham offered Isaac, this will be one day where God offers his son by here as a sacrifice. So God is seeing. God is seeing. Thankfully, the Bible encourages us to be seers. Uh, Amos 3 verse 7. Sure the Lord doesn't have to, unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. The Lord doesn't have to show us anything, does he? No. Uh, but mercifully he does, because he longs to stir us, to give us insight, to give us foresight, as we looked last week. Daniel said, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for giving me insight into this situation, because we needed it to speak the word of the Lord into the situation. That's what we, what we need, and, and uh, that's what God longs for us to see. Jeremiah 1. Lambda 918. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod as an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see a seeding pot, and the face thereof is towards the north. And the Lord said unto me, Out of the north an evil shall break forth upon the inhabitants of the land. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord. And they shall come, and they shall set every one his throne at entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof round about, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness who have forsaken me, and have burned incense unto other gods, and worship the works of their own hands. Thou therefore gird up thy loins, and arise, and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defence city, and an iron pillar, and a brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? Before he gets to that point, we just click in before. His excuse was, I'm too young and I haven't got the ability. I can't speak. God said, I created you. I chose you. I've called you. Let me put my hand upon your lips. Let me touch you. There's a God encounter first. There's a God, it's a divine commission. The Lord touches him and the Lord begins to change his sight. Only when he's had a touch from the Lord, only when God has spoken into his life, only when he has an encounter. Now, we've all had an encounter with the Lord. We are all saved. Now, the Lord's saying, now, come on. I raised you up for more than what you think. I raised you up to be people of God who see, who see into people's lives, speaking into lives. The word of the Lord in his heart, Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord on his lips. And that's us. 
Oh, we are, you know, sometimes we think, oh, that, I'm just, no, 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 we are, we are his ambassadors, aren't we? We're his ministers, his servants. We have people around us, people we work with and live with who need the word of the Lord. And we need, uh, when we have the touch from the God, the commission of God, begin to see. What do you see? And I love that word. He said, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Thank the Lord. Bless the Lord for that. So the word of the Lord. Now, see, Dave, well, that's Old Testament. Let's have something guaranteed in hard and fast. Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Thankfully, that is a promise of God I will pour out my spirit on all flesh in the last days that began when Peter said this is the beginning this is how it is he said then your young men will see visions and your old men are going to see dreams see we are beginning to why because we're not we're not natural people we are supernatural people we forget that, don't we? We are supernatural people. As we said on Sunday, this we're just passing through here. If we begin to hold lightly to this world, we begin to see clearly. That's why he said, keep your eyes on that which is unseen, which is eternal. That which is seen is temporal. And the older we get, the more we understand that. We see, and we're just talking about people here, here and they're gone now. They're not with us anymore. They've gone into eternity. Why? Because that's we're eternal beings. Now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Listen to what he does. He does. Um, we've looked at the sevenfold work in John. Let's read a couple of verses from John 16, 13 to 15. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take off mine and shall show it unto you. That's what they always say. He takes from me and shows it to you. See, what the Lord sees, what the Lord knows, nothing, nothing he doesn't know. And he wants to, he said, what the, Lord, the Holy Spirit, that's why there's a continual conduit. Staying in con, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we begin to see, begin to see. Guidance, he guides us. Deliverance, direction, we need it. He guides us, he guides us. Um, that's the Holy Spirit in us uh, all, uh, all time. But of course, when we were born again, there was a dramatic change. There was a regeneration. There was an implanting of God, in a sense, partakers of the divine nature. The mind of Christ, we begin to think differently. Now that's got to be developed. That's why he said in uh, Romans 12, one and two, surrenders an act, transformation is a process. Be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, God gives us, but we've got to feed it. 
We've got to feed it. We've got to protect it. We've got to watch over it. But ultimately, 1, 1 Corinthians 2 tells us who we are. 1 Corinthians 2. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual, who, he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. But who has known the mind of the Lord, uh, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. See, we have the mind of Christ, so we can see. I remember going to a meeting many, many, many years ago now, and um, it was, uh, a few things were going on, and, and the, the, the guy there, he wasn't, he was... Uh, uh, not from Britain, and, he, and things were going on, certain things, I could, not real much issues with that, until he said, now you must not judge this. I think, wait a minute now, careful now, because the Bible says the spiritual man makes judgment on it. So, you, so you've got to look at it and say, well, if the Lord is working, the Lord is doing work, fine. But if, if there's something you've got, you can see, be careful, we don't be not too quick to judge, but the Bible does say, test the prophetic word, spiritual man can see can see now naturally we can't see we can't see what's going on we can't understand the law we 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 look at the cross and it that's all it but when we are spiritual we see differently that's why we have the mind of christ that's why we begin to see differently and that's what the lord wants day by day and that's if we said be transformed by the renewing of your mind holy spirit is within us filling us lord day by day day by day we see what is the Lord? He imparts into us. We think differently. We see differently. The spiritual man sees. We're looking past uh, the outside. We're looking at what the cause is. So often we look at the fruit instead of looking at the root. The fruit so often is, is not really the root. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking at the root of the issue to deal with it and deal with it. Let's read our last verse, which again is an encouragement to get our eyes on the Lord. That's where we start. Um, when the, the God was, um, when Jesus was given the Beatitudes, he said, look, first, he said, are you getting concerned about this? You're worrying, you're fretting, you're anxious. Let me tell you, the antidote, he said, first seek me. See me, seek me. Get your eyes on me, he said, and then out of that, out of that will flow revelation into seeing other things. But our first port of call, like every prophet, every man of God, every woman of God in the Old Testament, they saw the Lord first. Uh, Hebrews 12, for our last verse. Bless Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him would deal with the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, to consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Amen. The word is great, isn't it? Um, it's all that we need if we are flagging giving up he said get your eyes on the lord get him remember who he is remember what he's done for you and uh, when he's when we realize the god of heaven's died for us washed us whiter than snow ah uh, whatever we feel today bless the lord we are we are right with him we're on the way and uh, god's good god's good 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.